milehighradio.com. And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about showing business owners and professionals how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And today, we're going to deviate from that topic just a little bit. We'll still obviously talk social media, but I want to talk about your safety and your privacy. And so to do that, I have an expert with us today. So join me in welcoming Frank Hare. Welcome, Frank. How are you today? Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, before we jump in, let me tell our listeners just a little bit about you. Frank is a forward-looking pragmatist and always keeps the human element in mind. His master's thesis was titled, Humanizing Technology. He believes technology is not the holy grail for solving postmodern complexities and problems. He professes that before implementing any technology strategy, the technology needs to be demystified and its implementation well thought out. For 20 years, Frank has owned and managed Beyond Tech, a nationally respected, award-winning computer service company. Frank is currently a principal of a cybersecurity technologies firm, Red Team USA Cybersecurity, and is a member of an executive cybersecurity consortium. So again, welcome. Well, thank you. That's quite a, quite a bit of information there. I know, you know, and it's funny because we're going to be talking privacy, and we just gave a lot of information away about you. But, well, you know, you. Let's, it's, it is one of those things where it seems like, Anything you want to know about somebody can be found online. So why did you decide that cybersecurity was a field that you wanted to, to specialize in? Well, I'll encapsulate that, Deb. Uh, primarily, I, as you had mentioned, is that I was in uh, the cybersecurity as well as the uh, computer uh, fix and, and design systems for 20 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. We noticed that the... Uh, levels of attacks, what folks call malware and viruses, had become more and more sophisticated and that we weren't really getting the information from the conventional sources, which would be Symantec, McAvee, and so on. Mm -hmm. So to do a little more, uh, we had to do a deeper amount of research to find out where all of these attacks were coming from. And in that process, we had to join several organizations that were privy to that information. One of those is the FBI's uh, organization mm-hmm. called uh, InfraGuard. So as we got further and further, deeper and deeper into our discoveries, we happened to notice that a lot of this, uh, these attacks were coming from uh, foreign countries as well as uh, organized crime. Mm-hmm. And so primarily our focus now is specifically on cybersecurity prevention, detection, and put designing uh, methodologies and training to help people protect themselves uh, from cyber criminals. Right. It's interesting. I went to uh, a luncheon here several months ago in Atlanta with the South Cobb Business Association, and the speaker was the head of the FBI for this region. And he was talking about cybersecurity and how, you know, that actually is one of the things that the FBI worries the most about now. And he said, you know, a good deal of that concern comes from China and other countries in that, you know, that way, because for them, a lot of times they'll steal by using the Internet, the technology, you know, so maybe it's the new design for a phone. And then they'll build the phone a lot less expensive and, and be able to sell it. And he said, you know, it's it's amazing what 
other people are able to get off of the internet um, and and take from businesses who really have no idea that they're putting that information out there. Well, we have to remember in working with all these devices, we become enamored with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, are glued to us. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> that are glued to us. Uh, yeah, and, and and we always want to you know keep up to date. But on the other mm-hmm. side of that is that we want to uh, be able to afford them and. Uh, in that process, uh, all of our products are made overseas, and mm-hmm. it's been discovered that uh, many of the products that we're getting now, including toasters, have got mm-hmm. uh, microchips in them that can spy on us. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because, you know, if for, for those of us of a certain age, we grew up, you know, hearing about Big Brother and, you know, things like that, and, you know, it's... In many ways, we discount it. I think it's because we did grow up hearing about things like that. And, and in those, you know, in, in when we first started hearing about that, it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it is so true. You know, there's an uproar when people find out that Google is using your smartphone to track you. And in a lot of cases, I think, well, yeah, I already knew that. Um, you know, and, and so many things like that. And, and I think that's where people just don't quite understand the depth of how much information is out there and, and how unsecure it is. Is that, you know, am I, am I on the right track with that? Yes, you are. And, and part of that is because um, technology has been turned over to the technologists and mm-hmm. everything appears to be running uh, behind the scenes, as an example. So for mm-hmm. me, as an everyday user who just wants to get my email and surf the Internet and maybe look up some friends on Facebook or whatever that may be, we don't see all the complexities that are running uh, behind the scenes. As an example, right. um, just uh, 25 years ago, everybody considered the, the Internet to be AOL or Hotmail, mm-hmm. so I had to dial in through a modem. And, that would and it made those noises. Yeah, and go online <laughs> and, and and, and do the search that way. And what has happened in the, uh, since then, of course, is that these systems have become more and more uh, sophisticated. What we mm-hmm. don't realize is that, that the, the, the Internet that we use is only 4% of the entire Internet, which is called the wow. dark web or the invisible web. Mm-hmm. And these are the communication levels in the invisible web that mm-hmm. uh, uh, the hack, it's the hacker's playground. And that, mm-hmm. is, that is where all the government communications goes on, where all the secure websites are and everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting your email on Outlook, as an example, you're only mm-hmm. using that top 4% tier. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is where the search engines are looking, too. So the search engines do not look at that other 96%. So what is in that 96%? You said that's that's kind of the dark area. That's a very, you know, I mean, just when you talk about the number of websites, there are millions of websites and, you know, things like that. So if that's only 4%, what the heck is that 96%? Well, the 96% is uh, everything other than your Microsoft Windows and and, uh, uh, what we call the HTTP... uh, um, uh, Firefox search mm-hmm. engines uh, mm-hmm. and browsers and things of that nature. Uh, basically, uh, we have online uh, cat- catalogs that are down there, uh, uh, systems that are used uh, uh, by professionals like uh, uh, Linksys and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, message boards, uh, intranets, private intranets between companies, mm. uh, uh, highly sophisticated databases, Federal, mm-hmm. state, county, public records, and things okay. of that nature are all, they're mainframes. Okay. Everybody's so talking it's, it's, about the cloud right now. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no such thing as the cloud. <laughs> what the cloud is is just other machines. So really, we're going, we've, we've moved ahead uh, in mm-hmm. technology, but really we're going back in a way of storing everything on somebody else's computer. That's really mm-hmm. what the cloud is. Right. And it's funny, you know, I, I I actually use the cloud. I put all of my data on the cloud, and I realize, you know, that's that's obviously not very safe and very secure in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I'm not sure any anybody would want to steal a file that's, you know, something that, that I've done because I'm pretty public about what I do anyway. But, you know, to me, I did it for a different safety reason. 
Um, I had the thought process that if my hard drive died, my business would go away. You know, and, and so that's why I store stuff in the cloud. It's convenient. You know, I can access it from any place that, that I want to and be able to, to really, you know, get that data that way. But I, I also realize that it's not 100% safe. And I think that's, and, and secure. And I think that's where so many people get confused or have problems is they assume that because they put their, you know, their files on the cloud, or they enter their uh, their credit card number on a secure website, the assumption is that it's 100% secure. And then when we hear about these data breach- breaches and things like that, we're just outraged because we were told it was secure. And it's really not. So there's there's kind of a, a you're, it's, it's the catch-22. You're supposed to do it, but you're not supposed to do it. Well, we would like to feel secure in what we do and believe what other people tell us. One of the things that uh, is an indicator whether or not that you're on a safe website or not is when you look up in the left corner, mm-hmm. it's, it's right. stage HTTPS as Correct. opposed mm-hmm. to HTTP. HTTPS mm-hmm. means that the site is secure. Uh, mm-hmm. What happens often is that if I'm a cyber criminal, I can go and, and make an exact duplicate of mm-hmm. a Citibank site or of any particular site that's out there. And uh, by, by searching through the Internet, an unsuspected person could stumble across a site that looks exactly like my bank and inner data, mm-hmm. and without uh, looking up and seeing that that's an HTTPS site. Same way with getting emails, as an example. Mm-hmm. They call there's uh, different types of phishing. Mm-hmm. And if people aren't aware of the different uh, of how to read uh, what they call the URL uh, addresses mm-hmm. that are sent to us, they can easily be directed to uh, some uh, cyber criminals' website. Right. Well, and those emails look so real. You know, obviously these people are good at doing this, and and we're not talking about the emails where you know it's the. Send me eight hundred million dollars, and and I'll you know be able to share my wealth with you. I mean, those are out there, but these are ones like I got one today. Your iTunes account needs re-verified. So of course it was wanting me to put in my credit card information, <laughs> and it, and it looked exactly like an iTunes email. Don't you do? So the first thing, oh, well, the first thing I did was I looked at who it came from. Yeah. And that email address was, you know, bettyboop at hoogityboogity.com. I mean, it was not an iTunes email address. And so I knew, delete it, don't click, you know, danger, danger, Will Rogers. Yeah. Um, and But it, because things like that look so good and so real, I think that's where people are caught up. Um, you know, the, there's a, a scam going around right now that, you know, I had uh, something happen a co- you know, earlier this week where you get this phone call, and it was, hello, this is Nancy from the IRS. I'm calling to tell you that you owe us, you know, and, and, and it was one of these, you know, scary phone calls. And, of course, it was a total fake. IRS will not call you. They don't communicate with people that way. But, just, you know, if I... show up. Right, that's it, you know, with their suits and, oh, you know. And, but if I hadn't known that... You know, it's the IRS. You're thinking, good heavens, I must respond. Or you get the email saying, you know, this is your credit card company or your bank. And so many people fall for those. So, you know, what should people do if they get those emails? Well, first of all, if in doubt, delete. That's all. Uh-huh. Your, bank, mm-hmm. your bank will never email you, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do get an email from your bank, you immediately call the bank and say, what is mm-hmm. this all about? It's the mm-hmm. same way with your credit card company, same way with your insurance company, and, and in case of uh, this scam that's going around about the IRS. Uh, I mean, I've got a list of hundreds and hundreds of, of these things that are out there. Mm-hmm. Let's put things into perspective. And part of that is... Uh, 
we're sitting here in America, and and that uh, we are a very affluent company uh, country. Uh, we've we've got lots of riches. Even our poorest person is far richer than uh, someone on the other side of the world. Uh, the average uh, mean mean income is around fifty two thousand dollars right now, mm -hmm. whereas on the other side of the world, we're looking at uh, one tenth of that of, mm -hmm. of income. So. I am on the other side of the world, and how long would a person work and study a, another person in order to make $50,000 or to mm -hmm. make a million dollars? Well, mm -hmm. they sit and they plot. You can buy a, You can actually rent a hacker in India for $5 an hour. Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, there's, actually, there's a website out there called uh, hireahacker.com. Now you folks don't do that. No, no, don't do, don't that. do that. Don't do that. But there, but there, there's uh, these sites are on the other side of the world, mm -hmm. and so that person who's on the other side of the world, he's putting or she is putting things into their uh, uh, frame of view. All they're trying to do is feed their families. So they're working for mm -hmm. a company that's putting, uh, uh, you know, a roof over their heads, and and to go after. Uh, somebody like us on this side, uh, they don't think twice about it. Right. Well, and a lot of times, they probably, they're, they're kind of the middle man. They don't even know what it is that they're doing. And, you know, and like you said, they're, they're just trying to feed their family. Yes, that's right. Uh, they are, well, there's, I, I don't remember if I mentioned to you about this before, but primarily uh, there is... A, uh, Government-sanctioned cybercrime, that's the Chinese, the Iranians, mm -hmm. the Russians, and then what we've got uh, is uh, organized uh, uh, mafia cybercrime. Uh, these are, mm -hmm. are, are countries uh, like the old Eastern Bloc uh, countries, mm -hmm. Romania and so on, uh, uh, which have specific, uh, specific uh, uh, task models. Mm -hmm. to figure out how to get to us. Now, as a cybersecurity professional, I realize that they use the exact same tools that we have as professionals to figure out how to get to other people. Uh, as, as opposed to as a cyber uh, security professional, what we are doing is trying to figure out where all of this uh, is coming from as well as whether or not that there are hidden agents, uh, meaning mm -hmm. uh, robots, uh, bots, uh, codes, and things of that mm -hmm. nature on people's machines. So we're working on the good. They're working on the other side. Right. You know, and, and it's funny. Every time we hear about, you know, one of these big, you know, hacking incidents, my first thought is always, you know, just think if those people, you know, those people who, who did that, turned towards doing something good. You know, the, the amount of knowledge and expertise that they have really is pretty sophisticated. And, it, you know, it really would be interesting if they decided to, to uh, you know, take off the black hat and put on the white hat and, and you know, and but for, for a lot, you know, and, and maybe this is just kind of my, my Western way of thinking from looking at movies and TVs, sometimes the hackers look like, well, they're just doing it because it's fun. You know, they don't really mean to hurt anybody, but it was fun. Well, those are gray hat people. There, there's three types of hackers, primarily mm -hmm. as white hats, as you had, had uh, mm -hmm. mentioned, and the white hats are people who are hired by uh, companies to see if their systems are vulnerable or not. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, then there are black hat people, and the black mm -hmm. hat folks are the ones that are out to steal information and to actually do damage. Uh, Hacktivists, H-A-C-K-T-I-V-I-S-T, mm -hmm. uh, 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 fall into that. These are people who are going after energy companies, oil companies, and things of that. There, and they are they are following a cause, and they're out to do mm -hmm. damage. And then there's right. the gray hat folks, mm -hmm. and they are the experimenters, the tinkerers, and and mm -hmm. and uh, they're the ones that can either go one way or another. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Well. Frank, this is just absolutely fascinating to me. I'm one of those people I love all of those those TV shows and, and things like that. And what this means is time has flown for me. And we are already ready for our first break. So when we come back, let's talk more about privacy 
for people for using social media, you know, so how to make sure that what you're posting on Facebook is, you know, as private as can be or LinkedIn or any of those big social media sites. So I am Deb Creer talking with Frank Hare on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full-service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, Screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel. We're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we are back. And just like my music says, I have absolutely fabulous guests. I am Deb Creer, and I am talking with Frank Hare from Red Team Cybersecurity. So before we get jump, before we jump back in, Frank, tell people how they find information about you and your company online. RedTeamCybersecurity.com. Cool. Cool, cool. Or also we have a a very sophisticated uh, uh, data repository, a video repository on YouTube, which would be YouTube.com front slash RedTeamUSA. Great. Uh, We uh, here at uh, uh, Red Team, we have several uh, Red Team companies. I won't go into mm-hmm. how they're structured and so on, but one of them is a consulting company. One of them mm-hmm. is an engineering company that does uh, prevention protection. And then mm-hmm. we have another company that does uh, analysis. Oh, okay. So. Well, and I looked at your YouTube uh, channel, and it's got some really good, very interesting videos on there. Um, and there was one that I saw that I'll talk about in a moment. But... They're short little videos. They're videos that you produced, videos that came from other sources, but great sources of information about how to protect your privacy. Um, and so it, it really is something people should check out. So speaking of, you know, online, let's talk about, Let's just talk about the big guy, Facebook, because I think you know if you protect your, if you know how to protect your privacy there, then it kind of flows from that to the other sites. But you know, so many times people will tell me. Well, I'm only friends with people I know on Facebook, so it's okay that I post my vacation plans. Or, you know, I've got my settings really high on Facebook, so it's okay if I put my phone number, my email address, my physical address on there. And I just cringe because I remind them it is a public website. And and it's not always who you're connected to that could be the potential problem. It's who those people are connected to. So, you know, when you're talking to people about how to stay safe on, in the social media world, what are some of the tips and things that you talk about? Well, first of all, put as little information out there as possible, as you mm-hmm. have mentioned, because it is um, public. It's the same way I'm working with the LinkedIn. Uh, we work uh, the LinkedIn world and the Facebook world sort of cross over. I, mm-hmm. I have to sort of give the scenario again is how long uh, would a person um, take in order to investigate you? How much time would they spend, I should say, uh, to mm-hmm. investigate you in order to get all your money or right. to, in order to get all of your company's money? Or mm-hmm. in order to get to bank transfers, uh, these are good, large schemes that are mm-hmm. ongoing. So, as an example of that, um, 
what we what we have to deal with is when people put this information on the, the, these particular sites is that they give too much information. As, right. as an example, let's say I'm going after uh, John Smith, who is the um, president of ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dot com or president of ABC Energy, as an example. Well, mm-hmm. one of the first things I would do is I would go on to the, uh, I would do a Google search for that person. The Google mm-hmm. search would probably give me about uh, uh, 10 pages of information about this person because the mm-hmm. information is being released about the company that's out there. Right. And information is being, that the company has got their own website that's out there and mm-hmm. also uh, uh John is giving information about himself and to into different, um, uh, you know, to, into different uh, companies and mm-hmm. that he may uh, be involved with on the board, um, companies or let's say awards that he's winning for. Uh, he may belong mm-hmm. to a golf club and so on. And then we've got his wife, mm-hmm. and his wife is posting on the Facebook. And mm-hmm. on the Facebook, she's got pictures of the house. She's got pictures of the kids. Uh, she's got pictures of the, and she's telling people where we're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, they're showing pictures of of how this whole family, uh, the social activity goes on. So now I've got a snapshot of uh, John as an executive, but I also have a snapshot of John's social life with his family. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, through those two things, what I can do is put together a whole uh, portfolio or profile of John and find mm-hmm. out what his, what his activities are, what his interests are, as well as um, uh, his financial situation as far mm-hmm. as his uh, banking is concerned with the annual reports that we put out there. And once I know who his friends are, once I know what his interests are, he is now my target to start sending uh, what we call phishing or whaling uh, emails to. Mm-hmm. And uh, a whaling fish uh, type of email primarily is targeted towards uh, executives. Big okay. Fish is what we're They're big fish, big right. Fish. And the, the standard uh, types of phishing uh, uh, activities are going after other people who may be, you know, in that particular company. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess the whole thing uh, boils down to is to start pulling back information about you uh, mm-hmm. on uh, these uh, particular sites, uh, the LinkedIn and the Facebook. Right. You know, I, it was uh, just recently that Facebook itself put uh, sent out a press release or, you know, released an article that said that they, as in Facebook, you know, can actually tell more about a person based on their posts than probably their best friends could. And that really, to me, was scary. Um, you know, now, am I putting anything out there that, you know, I I'm I really am pretty careful about what I post from a, a true privacy perspective. I probably overpost, but you know, I, I still am pretty careful. But but yeah, just thinking and and so what they've done is they've looked at you know what movies are you talking about, what TV shows, you know, all of those little like buttons that you click, you know, and 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 it said that they can take all of that information and give a better profile than if they asked your best friends or your family about you. And to me, that really was a little scary. Well, I, I think it was five. I read the same thing, and it was like mm-hmm. five like clicks to tell mm-hmm. you more about that. Uh, right. I, I think that some of the some uh, precautions that folks can take that are very, very, very simple, and that is, first of all, don't put your primary address on the internet anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is as well as you wouldn't put your primary email address mm-hmm. anywhere. Create an alias. And mm-hmm. that alias address, instead of it being John Smith at, at abc.com, uh, would be John Smith at yahoo.com. Right. Any mm-hmm. strangers that may call you on the phone for soliciting, you go into a grocery store and they want to have your email address, or you go into a, a drugstore, everybody wants your email. You give mm-hmm. them that alias email. Right, or you don't give it at all. Uh, you know, I always tell them you don't need that, and they look at me like, sure. oh, oh, but 
how can we send you coupons? Right. I say, that's all right. right. I don't need your coupons. Right. And, and that's, that's why you give them an alias. And then you go and mm-hmm. you check maybe that alias email through Yahoo mm-hmm. or AOL and, and um, the Google information uh, Gmail, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe every two weeks or once a month. Because you know that these are people who are strangers. And that's how mm-hmm. we have to start looking at things. Right. Is we have friends, and I'm not talking about friends on, on Facebook, because right. these people are not your friends. Mostly. No. They're observers. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then we have people who are close to us. So we mm-hmm. develop our own uh, circle of uh, close friends and our, our own circle of, of privacy to protect our company, our assets, mm-hmm. and our family. Right. You know, and one of the things that I always cringe is when someone has, and, and it, you can do it on LinkedIn, you can do it on Facebook, um, you, when you register for those sites, you have to give them a, a birth date. And, you know, so many people then still have that showing because, of course, it's so cool when it's your birthday and 100, 200, you know, however many people say happy birthday, happy birthday. I mean, you know, it makes us feel good. But, you know, at least, at the very least, don't have your year of birth showing. And, you know, all of those sites easily let you turn that off. You can turn off the the whole birthday thing. But at the very least, don't give people the year of your birth. I mean, it doesn't take very much information anymore for somebody to create a fake identity off of of the information you're providing. Right. I'll I'll give them your birthday. That's it. <laughs> and or you know, just make one up. You know, I, it was funny. I got the notice on somebody the other day that it said it's you know so and so's birthday, and I knew it wasn't. And I contacted her, and she said, "Oh, I don't ever put my real birthday out there." And I said, "Good for you." I said, "I just thought I was a little confused." I used to put um, 1901, mm-hmm. and now they won't let me go back that far. No, so no. 1914 is mm-hmm. my birthday. Right. Yeah, you and and and. Uh, it, you know, part of the reason that they want that information is advertising purposes. You know, when you are doing advertising on Facebook, you can go in to the demographics and, you know, say I'm doing an ad for a restaurant that caters to, you know, the, the younger demographics, then I want to only have my ad be seen by people that are, say, 18 to 30. And, you know, it's a waste of time for it to be shown to, to people that aren't in those categories. And so that's, that's part of the reason they want that. But, you know, and, and some of it, too, is, you know, originally Facebook, and, and they still don't want young children on there and, and some things like that. But, you know, for heaven's sakes, people, hide your birth date. Well, if folks can go to our website at redteamcybersecurity.com. We have uh, some information there on what they call data mining. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what we're glad to see is finally uh, these national shows are coming on. They're talking about uh, uh, more and more about cybersecurity. But when mm-hmm. you hear about a cyber hack, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, um, Target and so on, uh, mm-hmm. by the time you hear about that, it's, it's, it's months. That's happened months, right. and, months right. and months and months in the past. Mm-hmm. And what surprises me is that even after a cyber t- attack that they had on Target, they had the same attack four years ago, mm-hmm. and, and then it, it reoccurred again. Mm-hmm. So think of uh, the loss of reputation these people have mm-hmm. now. I mean, do you really want to do business with a company that is so lax in their uh, cybersecurity? It's the same way right. with the Sony breach, Sony mm-hmm was breached uh, four years ago, and the same thing happened again just a, a few weeks back, mm-hmm. if you recall. But these are all the big companies here. Right. You don't hear about the small law firms, the small medical clinics, mm-hmm. um, uh, the little grandma that's out there who's had her bank account you know, cleaned out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, th- this is the reality of what is happening every day. Mm-hmm. And... People will not share their information, meaning if they've been breached or not, especially in a company mm-hmm. these days, right. because mm-hmm. they're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had lost right. $75,000 through an email transfer to a Chinese bank, and this happens every day, though, mm-hmm. that they just don't, they're afraid to release that information and to turn that information over to the authorities so they can mm-hmm. be protected themselves as well mm-hmm. as others. Right. Well, and, you know, the the sad thing is, 
it's really not that difficult to protect that data. You know, whether it's that, first of all, you just don't put it out there. I mean, that's that's the, the, the best way to do it. But, you know, clearly if you're a business, you know, there is information that you're taking. You know, say it's a, a health clinic, you're getting, you know, information from people. But there are ways to protect your data. And so that's why people who, you know, are getting that information really should contact a company like yours to say, okay, help us. How do we protect that information? One of the first things we tell folks, and, and thank you for that, uh, one of the first things that we advise people to do is if you're going to back up, back up all of your stuff, uh, make your own private cloud. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. And what would that be? Well, a private cloud um, would be a thumb drive. I mean, it's your own little cloud in your house there. It would be right. a backup, uh, um, backup uh, hard drive. Uh, these things are not expensive. They're like $50 or $100. And to make two copies. Mm-hmm. One of those copies you keep as you continually back up. And the other copy you keep in your safety deposit box. Mm-hmm. Uh, just think that, think smart, I guess. Is mm-hmm. it, it, and that is you wouldn't want to put anything online out there that you don't want people to uh, uh, get into. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything is like the emails. Every email is never destroyed. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just access from foreign entities. It's also you know, what's got a lot of things that are going on in our government right now uh, that are justified in mm-hmm. order to chase down uh, people who are doing cyber stalking, as an example. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that has been primarily the FBI's major focus up to the past year is cyber stalkers, especially those that are going after children. So we have to think mm-hmm. about our children and how do we protect our children. Uh, you know, most, most of the kids I see now, you know, starting, you know, third grade have got, uh, you know, cell phones. Right. So how, mm-hmm. how do we protect them from cyber stalking when it's so easy for people to reach mm-hmm. out and connect with them? Right. Well, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier, especially with kids and then, you know, with seniors. And I'm not saying seniors in high school. I'm saying, you know, the more mature demographic. They don't understand. Um, you know, I, I had um, a family member who was about, she was 13, and I was on Facebook. I was her Facebook friend. And that was because her parents didn't want to be on Facebook. And I had told them, I said, she needs an adult. So I'll be the, the, the guard, you know, the watcher. And, you know, most 99% of her posts were perfectly fine. They're, you know, and, and there was nothing wrong with them. But then one day she posts, mom and dad are gone for the weekend and I'm home alone. And I picked up the phone. And I told her, you have to delete that post. I said, now, you know, it's already been seen, so it's not, you know. And, and, and she said, well, but I'm only friends with my friends. And I said, do any of them have older brothers that kind of scare you or a stepfather or something like that? And, of course, then it freaked her out, which was exactly what my intention was. Um, you know, and, and, and I told her, I said, you know, it's not your friends. It's somebody who's behind them looking at that computer. And, you know, all of those various things... You just don't want to put that out there. And then, of course, I told her parents, and she did not use Facebook for several months. Um, you know, hopefully it made an impression on her, and, and she knows not to do that again. But, you know, kids just don't understand that it isn't maybe the people who they're connected to. It's who the, who's around them. Well, we can put blocks on those on those phones mm-hmm. um, that can prevent a lot of that from happening. There's software that can be downloaded uh, to do that. And uh, getting back to uh, the commercial aspect of dealing with somebody's business, what mm-hmm. folks need to look at um, is, okay, does everybody in my office need to be on the Internet? I mean, mm-hmm. currently they're looking at uh, the Internet as being one of the benefits that are ongoing right. out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 85% of the cyber hacks that are, are, are happening in businesses are coming from the employees. And mm-hmm. that is from the top down, meaning right. uh, the, the CEO, the CIO, the CFO, the EIO, all these people <laughs> who may be out there, including the guy that's on the dock that's handling mm-hmm. the, right. uh, the, the different types of uh, shipments that are coming. Does he need mm-hmm. to be on the company network? 
So right. all that has to be looked at in restructuring. And, and and as far as how everything is, is, is the information is being handled and communicated within the office as well as mm-hmm. in the home. Uh, we'll go into a person's home and I'll notice a computer will actually have three and four different uses on there. Mm-hmm. So right. Well, we can talk more about that later. Yeah. yeah, you know, let's and and I do want to continue that. We are ready for another break, but I want to continue. I want to, you know, as we come back, we are going to continue talking about that because, you know, we see those things where you have one computer that everybody in the the family uses, or you know, as you said, every single person in an office has internet access. So when we come back, let's talk about more ways to make that secure. I am Deb Creer, talking with Frank Hare on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Chris here from Yabana Gluten-Free Bakery. Do you get gas, bloating, cramping, or worse when you eat items with wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yumbana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to yumbanashop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A. S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MILEHIGHRADIO. YumbanaShop.com. And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we are back. I am Deb Creer, and I am having such a fascinating conversation with Frank Hare of Red Team USA Cybersecurity. We're talking about how to protect yourself online. So, uh, welcome back. Thank you very much from the Mile High City. Great, great. I know. Isn't this fun? You're in Denver. Yes. The station is in Denver. I'm in Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> and But that actually brings up some of the difficulties and, and the maybe not difficulties, challenges and, and things like that. Because when we are in all these different locations, that's where sometimes we do overshare or we give out information that we didn't realize we were giving out, some things like that. But Let's let's go back to what we were talking about before the break, which is, you know, say your business, you know, a, a good example, a restaurant, and every computer in the restaurant, you know, so the office, the computer that's taking, you know, uh, uh, online type of, of uh, reservations, things like that, every single computer in the restaurant is attached to the Internet, and it really doesn't need to be, and, and why do companies think that they need to have that, and why shouldn't they actually be doing that? Restaurants are uh, more or less. Well, everybody likes to go to a place right now, like a free Wi-Fi. And, right. And uh, you know, free Wi-Fi is not free. Um, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that unless that somebody has done some preliminary types of uh, investigation of what type of router that Mm -hmm. the uh, restaurant is using, the coffee shop and so on, how protected they are, even if you have Mm -hmm. to put in a special password and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, It's just not a good idea. Really the best best thing to do, and I don't want to promote any particular type of company here, is is to get a hub uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, one of the uh, uh, cell uh, companies that are right. out there and, mm-hmm. and carry that hub around with you in mm-hmm. your pocket. Uh, really, the G4 is a is a secure uh, type of way of uh, mm-hmm. communicating with the internet. 
Um, and here's an example. You mentioned the restaurant. Uh, let's mm-hmm. go into a, like a coffee shop that gives me free Wi-Fi. Well, I could be living above the restaurant there, and I could create a, um, a, a Wi-Fi network as well. So instead of it right. being coffee shop uh, ABC, uh, mine would be coffee, coffee shop ABCD. So just mm-hmm. by chance, you would click into my uh, uh, website mm-hmm. or my server, as an example, uh, in order to go online. And when you go online, then I am able to monitor and track everything you're doing. And what mm-hmm. you've done is you've fallen prey to, to a very, very common type of ploy. Mm-hmm. Um, and dealing with, with offices, as an example, uh, there's different types of software uh, that one can put on uh, the equipment, but primarily we have to look at, and I don't want to get too technical here, uh, mm-hmm. but is, is dealing with what we call best practices and mm-hmm. procedures on how people handle the data within an office. And that, again, is taking a good look at the, the company of how inside the company, what we do is call a risk analysis. And mm. through the risk analysis, we determine, uh, again, who needs to be on the Internet, how the information is being uh, communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, in many cases, we recommend a higher order of um, firewall. But mm-hmm. we call, what they, they have what they call now is the next generation firewall. So mm. your firewalls that, uh, that you may have put in, a company may have put in uh, five years ago are, are no longer uh, relevant, actually. Mm-hmm. The new firewalls are, have like a, a brain or smart, and they are get, constantly getting information of updates through uh, folks that may be trying to do intrusions into a system. Mm-hmm. And right. instead of doing... Um, all standard uh, uh, types of remote desktop access. I want to get my information from my office or remote desktop. Should mm-hmm. be set up with what they call virtual private networks. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. and a virtual private network can be set up in your home. It can be set up mm-hmm. on your laptop where you can access the data in your office. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, it, it struck a nerve when you were talking about, you know, somebody could, uh, you know, you, you're logging in at the, the restaurant, the coffee shop, you know, because we do look for places that have Wi-Fi because, you know, we mentioned it earlier, we're attached to the hip by some of our technology. And so you go in and, you know, you're in your little local coffee shop. You've got your smartphone, you've got your iPad or your laptop, and you're thinking, well, I'm only going to check Facebook, so it's okay to use the Wi-Fi here. Well, you know, somebody knows what they're doing, and if Facebook's the only thing you have on those devices, that's one thing. But it's not. You know, you've got your address book right. for, you know, all of your contacts. Right. You've got, <laughs> your, you know, if it's, you know, depending on what it is, it, more than likely you have your email oh, on there. Yeah. You know, all of these various things. And so, it, but we, we ignore those messages, right? You know, I'm in the coffee shop. I, I go to click on their Wi-Fi, and the little message comes up saying, you are about to go onto a public Wi-Fi. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so sad because people will say, well, I've got nothing to hide. Uh, who wants this and that from me? But the thing is, is that uh, they want to have your stockbroker's name and email mm-hmm. address. They want to have your doctor's name, right. email and address. They want to have other inf- We have no idea what these people mm-hmm. want. They, right. It's part of a big puzzle to them. That, and mm-hmm. we can't expect people on the other side of the world to think how we think. And we can't even right. expect the neighbor to think like mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. think. Right. And so we just go out and we just throw all this information out into the world and we just be, we're sort of just letting our pants down for a bad metaphor. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and what happens so many times when whoever, you know, l- little Mr. Bad Guy gets that information is then they pretend to be you. Yes. Um, you know, they're, they're either going to send you, I think we probably all received those emails. Hi, I'm stuck in the Philippines. I've lost my wallet. And if you will wire $1,000, it will help me get out of here. Okay. It may, not, and it may came, not be as, as, as blatantly phony as that. If folks want to email me at uh, frank at redteamcybersecurity.com, I will be glad to send them uh, some information. Uh, One of that would be a piece called The Anatomy of a Cyber Breach, 
which goes I love through it. the whole process at mm-hmm. a company that we were working with, where uh, where the people who did the compromise to that company had actually all the steps that it took for them to mm-hmm. uh, get to the point of uh, more or less what is called spoofing. We actually built a whole different website to fool all mm-hmm. of the vendors of that company in wow. order to put in their own email addresses mm-hmm. and, and different types of security yep. logons. Yeah, and and in a lot of cases they start with an email address. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's I think the scary thing that people need to think. You know, I've I've seen that so many times on Facebook. People will say Email me at, and then they'll give their, and I'm like, no. You, you know, people can direct message you on Facebook. Don't put your email right. address out there, That's even right. if it's your Gmail, your Yahoo, your whatever, because you might have used your Gmail address with your stockbroker or, you know, all those things, and then it just kind of builds from there. It's never just the one thing. You know, it's, it's so many other things that people have. You know, and, and it's, uh, to me, it, we we're putting data out there that we don't even know about, and I one of the studies or I, it was a it was it was actually a YouTube video that I saw, but uh, Instagram is of course one of the big things among uh, some of the the younger generation, and part of the Instagram and, and you know the technology exists also on Facebook and things where it tells you know, when you post it tells where you are and it can get even pretty detailed which to me that's just scary you know and and I try and and always make sure that's turned off but you know I saw this this video and and this man and he was doing this deliberately because he wanted to show that Instagram is not private and so he had a film camera with him and a film crew and and things like this and he was in a restaurant and he went to Instagram and looked for posts that people had just made checking in at that restaurant. And I'm sure you could do this with any social media sites, but he was doing Instagram. And so he, you know, he found people who were at that moment at that restaurant by looking at Instagram. Correct. And then he looked at their profiles. And so he got more information about them. And then he would stroll up to these people. And typically he did it to women just because he kind of was wanting to make a a point. But he would go up and he'd say, hi, Sue, I'm Bob. How's your mom feeling? (laughs) And, you know, she kind of looked at him and he'd go, well, you know, I remember that you posted this picture where you showed that she had cut her finger or she had the flu or, you know, and, and then he would start talking to them about things that he had seen on Instagram like they were connected and that he was, you know, their friend. And, of course, it rightly so. It freaked them out. You know, he about got beat up a couple of times. But then he said, you know, this, he said, I did this in five minutes. I was able to get that much information just because you said on Instagram, I'm at this restaurant having a burger. And, you know, and, and it really sunk home to those people that they were putting out there way more than what they thought um you know and and it was it really was kind of an amazing story to see because they had no idea i mean they were just saying hey i mean you know i'm at this burger place and he had tons of information in less than five minutes you know just think if he really wanted Mm -hmm. as i mentioned before uh this information is readily available on on the internet you just have to Mm -hmm. know the keywords and it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a cybersecurity expert to to figure out how to use that information Mm -hmm. if i can i'd like to give a couple of tips here oh definitely browsing Mm -hmm. and uh one of those tips uh, would be there is uh, for folks to use several different browsers. Now, what is a browser? Um, uh, you may ask. A, a browser. Uh, there's 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 maybe fifty different kinds of browsers out there. One of those is the Internet Explorer. One of mm-hmm. those is Firefox. Another one would be Safari, and Google's got one as well, the Chrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's SeaMonkey, and and then there are specialized browsers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what would a browser do? It's like a car, and just like there are different types of, of, of cars, uh, there are different types of browsers, but primarily they take you to a place, and just like a car, a destination. So you get into your browser, and you type in where you want to go, and that browser takes you there. Well, mm-hmm. different browsers have different levels of security, just like cars have different levels of uh, safety features. So mm-hmm. currently, uh, you might, for the average user that's out there, and even a business user, we recommend that they use Firefox. 
F I R E F O X, and mm-hmm. and uh, one can go on the internet and download that. But within that particular browser, it emulates the uh, same type of graphical interface that you see on screen as the Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. Most folks use the Internet Explorer because it comes with the computer. Right, or they right. Use it comes Safari. with any Microsoft the product. Safari mm-hmm. comes with, with, uh, with the computer. So mm-hmm. uh, Firefox is, works on all of the systems. The mm-hmm. Internet doesn't care. It needs a translator, and the, and the mm-hmm. browser is not only is a is a conduit, but it's a translator. But the point I'm trying to make is that they have what they call add-ons, and mm-hmm. one of the add-ons that you would plug into the Firefox, and it's easy enough to do. You just type in Firefox add-on, would be Flagfox, F L A G F O X, and that takes you to a place at the Firefox uh, uh, home site, and mm-hmm. it's, it plugs into the browser so that when you are looking at a website, it tells you what country that website is located on. So ah. if, uh, let's say I'm looking at your website right now, well, it tells me this mm-hmm. in the United States. However, if, I were, if that was a Chinese website, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to stay there too long. Right, and, right. And another one that you can plug into is called WOT, and that's called Web of mm-hmm. Trust. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a plug-in that you just type in Web of Trust. Mm-hmm. You follow the simple instructions. And so if I were to go to a website, it actually ranks the level of, of, of safety ah. of that site. And mm-hmm. if I were to, to do a browse, in my Google search, as you notice, if I were just to type in uh, cybersecurity uh, along mm-hmm. the list there, over to the right, you would see a green circle mm-hmm. and a, or a red circle or a yellow circle. Mm-hmm. So you only click oh, okay. on the things that are green. Right. Okay. So that's just a, a little tip in safe browsing. But what's even better is that these also link into uh, – the uh, uh, the Facebook as well mm-hmm. as to uh, the uh, uh, LinkedIn, so that if you see nice. pictures and so on, you want to do downloads, it, it tells mm-hmm. you whether or not those are safe or not. Ah, oh, I love that. Yeah, because I that's one of the things that I see so many problems with is people will post a link to something, you know, and, and they're posting it on Facebook, and it's not something that they should be posting to. But their friend posted it, their neighbor posted it, their whoever posted it, and so. They it they came from a person they trusted, so they assume it's something that can be trusted, and, and many times that's where you see these these things that just really start causing problems. So I love that, I, and I wrote this, and so it's Web of Trust, yes. and I and I I use Firefox, um, that is the browser that I use. So Please I will definitely menu and the tools. And up on tools, you just down uh, down arrow on that and type in. The, you'll see add-ons there. Nice. I like that. And keep the browsers up to date because mm-hmm. they're the ones that go to the LinkedIn. They're the ones that mm-hmm. go to the Facebook. That's what you're really mm-hmm. looking at is is uh, is is through a, that browser. Browser mm-hmm. is an interpreter. Right. It's it's kind of like the the cover of the book is in a lot of ways how I explained it. Everything is kind of in between it, but it it made sense of it and it brought it together. Yes. That's right. Well, it, it trans- everything on the Internet, and I don't want to get technical here, but I can't help it, uh, is mm-hmm. that everything's are zeros and ones. And right. when, we talk, when we were talking about the deep web uh, and in the dark web and the invisible mm-hmm. web, everything on the Internet is zeros and ones. And our browsers are changed, those zeros and ones, into what they call a graphical interface. And that's so we can see all of the pictures and all of the writings and newspapers and so on is all is all deciphered by using a browser. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Frank, we've only got a couple minutes left, so let's, if you would, give a couple more tips on how people should stay safe on social media. Well, first of all, is I would create aliases, and what I mean by that, instead of using your name as Mary Smith at uh, um, Yahoo.com. I would create mm-hmm. a secondary uh, alias at at uh, Gmail.com, mm-hmm. uh, and and to post those on all of the different um, 
types of social media where okay. you don't want strangers to get in touch with you. Right. It's it's kind of a, a filter. It Maybe is, it's the best it way to filter. And, mm-hmm. and not only not only is it a filter, but it's also sort of like a bucket. And mm-hmm. so all the folks that are trying to get to you from the other side of the world or across the street even that you don't want to get to you will all go mm-hmm. into that bucket there and you can take a look at it later. Secondly, nice. um, minimize the amount of activity. You never tell anybody that you're going to be going out of town and mm-hmm. you're leaving and what airlines you're going on and what time you're going to be uh, even going to a party across town because mm-hmm. that uh, that is an open window to someone to come to your house mm-hmm. and uh, actually do uh, you know some, some illegal activity if they want. Mm-hmm. Another thing is turn your computer off at night for goodness sakes. You wouldn't uh-huh. leave your car on in the garage because you're going to go to the grocery store in two days. Mm-hmm. So at night. Turn off your computer, and hmm. even if you can, remember to do this, turn off your modem because it can't, ah. get, into you, can't get into your computer, can't get into mm-hmm. your modem if it's not hooked up to the Internet. Remember, I love it. When you're on the Internet, you're connected to every computer in the world, mm-hmm. every computer wow. in the world, right? Oh. And so oh. uh, unless you, you have special types of of software and special types of hardware to protect these people from getting in. The mm-hmm. only other way you can stop that is not to be on the Internet, which is impractical these days, but at mm-hmm. least at night, unplug your modem. Okay, okay, great. Well, Frank, tell people one last time where they can uh, find your company online because you have so many great resources. Okay, well, it's... RedTeamCyberSecurity.com, that's R-E-D-T-E-A-M, Cyber, C-Y-B-E-R, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y.com. Our phone number in Denver, Colorado is 303-571-9317. That's 303-571-9317. Doesn't hurt. Won't charge you to talk to us. Uh, We're out here. We're helper folks, so we're out here to help. And, uh, again, there's all kinds of free information on, on the website. Got a lot of Perfect. hints and tips and uh, things to help you get on the right track to be protected. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, I can see that this needs to be something that maybe we do on an annual basis or maybe even every six months just to remind people about how to stay safe online. So I've been talking with Frank Hare. I'm Deb Creer. We've been on Mile High Radio, and we'll talk with you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.